Today I've got a special guest with me, uh, Anthony. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, I'm happy to be here. I'm a business coach, I'm a brand manager for Social Glow. I think today we're going to be talking about some community building strategies, so just really excited to be with you today. I'm super excited that we got to connect because community building, I think, is going to have a lot, lot more effect in marketing because all the other channels are kind of AI dominated in the next couple of years. So I'm super excited for key lessons we can learn from you today. How does your day-to-day -day look like as a brand manager? Yeah, great question. Um, my day-to-day -day kind of ebbs and flows. So um, it usually starts with drinking coffee out of a goblin mug, you know, you know, that's stylish. <laughs> <laughs> I like really weird quirky things. Uh, I meditate in the morning, I journal, I read, I study in the morning, um, and then I kind of ease into my day. And so I'm just constantly living in the question, uh, how do we create a brand experience? So whether it's creating an experience for one of our funnels, like we have an affiliate launch coming up tomorrow um, with a guy named Tom, Tom Woods. And so I, I rewrote the whole webinar. Um, so that took me about eight hours to kind of rewrite for his audience building up the slide deck. And then other than that, then I'm always thinking about our YouTube strategy and our content strategy of like what's what's really gonna serve people when it comes to building community and then writing those scripts, recording those scripts, handing that over to our video editor to be able to, to make all of the awesome stuff that she does because I don't know how to do all of that. So basically in a nutshell, I'm just constantly living in the question, how do I make sure we're refining our message that's gonna, that's gonna meet our people where they're at? And then how do we take this and get them get this message in front of people. How hard do you found to build a brand from scratch? I don't, well, it's a great question. It's all I've ever done. And so for me, it's just kind of like, well, what else would we do? Um, it is hard that social, social glow has been a different, a totally different beast. Um, it's taken a lot longer to gain traction than I thought. It's also been a lot longer of a sell cycle than I originally thought. Um, I mean, lots of times, like I'll, I'll do a demo for somebody, I'll show a coach, they really like it, and I'm so used to selling things that are $50,000, $30,000, like in coaching or a $7,500 four-day event or something. And at the end of that hour-long call, that discovery call, people are like, hey, this is a good fit for me. And then they give me a credit card, and I take their money for the event or for the, the program. It's, it's so what I'm used to. But with software, especially when it comes to hosting uh, courses and building community, there's, there's a lot of different um, options, right? And so somebody's going to like it. They're like, this is amazing. Um, and I just, I want a trial, right? And so it's kind of weird to me because it's like, okay, well, here's the 30-day trial. Have some fun. Uh, and so it's a very, very, very different sales cycle than I'm used to. Also, before being a brand manager, were you also in sales? That you have all the experience from um, doing sales calls? Kind of. So like uh, as a coach, um, I was more of like a solopreneur. So I'm doing my own marketing doing my own fulfillment. And so I'm also doing my own sales, doing my own, you know, book people book calls. I run the sales calls. Um, so yeah, I've, I've had like to build my own business over the past 13 years. I've had to learn marketing. I've had to learn sales. I've had to learn fulfillment. I've had to learn operations. And so I have all of this knowledge experientially that then translates into other areas of life. That's really cool. How did you start uh, with your coaching? Like, well, so you started as a business coach, right? Is that? Yeah, I actually, I started as a as a marketing coach, and it's um, it was quite quite the journey. And so, before I got into online coaching, I was actually in a in a Christian rock band, and so we were touring. We had 
um, record offers. We had this big, like, 38-foot tour bus. And in October of 2000, yeah, October of 2009, that just kind of came crashing down. There was just so much drama between me and the other four guys. And so that just kind of collapsed. We played our last radio show in October of 2009. And I was like, what am I going to do next? Um, because my whole identity was, like, I'm, I'm the rock star guy. Like, I've done this for seven years. Uh, I, don't, I don't know anything else. I thought this is what I was supposed to do with my life, was be a performer. Um, so if we fast forward into 2010 uh, and then into 2011, I just kind of sat with that question, and um, I figured out I wanted to do social media marketing. And the reason that came about is I was actually, at that time, watching like um, Bryn Burchard do launches, Frank Kern, John Reese, and these people were doing like a million dollars in their launch or a million dollars in, in a day, John Reese did it in, in that time period. And I was blown away because I was like, so you can use social media and technology to, to get a message to the world and help people. It's basically like what we were doing in music, except we we're writing music and we're playing shows and we're getting a message out and we're impacting people. And so I was like, this, this is a whole nother opportunity to do something similar. I can still be creative. I can still create things. I can still impact people. I can still get a message out. And so I was really inspired, but I had no idea of how to do it. And in 2011, a guy named Mike Koenigs had created a course called Social Media Marketing Machines. And basically it was a $3,000 course that taught you how to use social media to generate leads for small businesses. Um, everything you need to know. It was basically like a business in a box. Well, mm -hmm. at that point in time, I did not have $3,000, but I did have $500 for the first payment of six. And I had just told myself, I'll either figure this out or I'll just kill myself trying. Like, I'm going to figure this out. So I bought the course, paid the first payment, um, and then I, I built a business um, using that, that those methodologies, like building, doing social media for small business owners, helping them generate leads, helping them grow their business. Um, and that worked great uh, all the way up into 2012. I think I had like 21 or 27 clients on a reoccurring um, basis, and I just got super overwhelmed. I got burnt out because I didn't know how to create systems. I didn't know how to hire. I didn't have a team. It was just me working, you know, 16, 18 hour days for several years in a row. Hi, if you listen to this far, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoy the show, please leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or my YouTube channel. If you have any feedback for the show, please let me know on the Aspiring CMO Podcast social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, or send me an email on my website. Now let's get back to the episode. And then so I reached out to a, a guy I'd met at an event in New York. His name is Garrett J. White. Uh, Garrett runs wakeupwarrior.com. Uh, but this was before Wake Up Warrior. And so I was like, hey, Garrett, this is where I'm at. And I just sent him a message. And I said, this is where I'm at. I'm struggling. Uh, I'm tired of business. I don't really know what to do next. I think you help people like me, but I'm not certain. Um, what do I do, man? And he's like, yeah, let's get on a call. So I ended up hiring Garrett. And then Garrett's like, well, why don't we take what you've been doing and we just start teaching it to other people? And so I was like, great idea. Let's try it. And so that was my first kind of pathway into coaching. Looking back, I would say it's more training than coaching because I was teaching people very specific skill sets. And so I started running events. I started creating online courses that was teaching people how to generate leads using social media. And then over time, as I had more and more clients come in, I started seeing I could give some clients 
the same skill sets, the same access to knowledge, some would create results and some wouldn't. And it drove me crazy. And I was like, why is this? Well, then that then led me down to like, oh, well, maybe it's their mindset. So I dove into mindset to master for myself, master for clients. Same thing, though. I could give somebody mindsets and somebody skill sets and still some would get results and some wouldn't. And it bothered me. And then that led me down into very, very deep spiritual transformation work where we start changing people's complete ways of being. And that has been a way that has been very sustainable for getting people um, results as long as they're committed. Because now they have the skill sets, they have the mindsets, and they have just the way of being that's going to sustain their results long term. And so that's kind of how I've got started into coaching. It's just been this journey. I wish I could have some nice package story that was like, I was in this pain, and then this magic thing happened, and then this happened. But it's been this evolution that's just unfolded over the past 13 years for me. Yes, I really appreciate how you walk me through the whole journey because uh, you know it's not an overnight success, right? It's a right. uh, uh, one of my previous guests. He was like, "Yeah, so the way I became a head of marketing was a 10-year overnight success because yeah. for 10 years it was it was uh, learning and and trying marketing." Um, so technically, did you, I don't know, like big picture, if you think about it, did you become the coach you followed with that $500 at first? Don't you think? Like you yeah, kind of- I mean, in a roundabout way, kind of different, but similar. I guess I've never thought about that. It's like, well, did I become Mike Koenix? Kind of, but I, I mean, in a roundabout way, I guess you could say that. I mean, I, you could arguably say that at, to an extent. And then you could also argue that, no, I just became a version of me on that, that topic, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, you did. Definitely, like, you, you are the version of yourself that does that. But uh, it's like a reflection of, like, oh, uh, your mentor at first was teaching you through the course. And then you oh, took yes. the course and then you made it something better, kind of. Yes. That's how I see it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So... As a brand manager, you are also building communities or you're teaching other people how to build communities? We're doing both. We're building, of course, we're building community um, for Social Glow. So we definitely are building community. Um, we have a, a boot camp called um, the Seven Days to Get Clients Boot Camp. And so it does exactly that. Within seven days, we teach coaches, course creators, and membership owners how to get a client within seven days. So we're building a community there. And then all of our public-facing information and content is definitely helping coaches and course creators, membership owners uh, build community for sure, yes. Awesome. And in big picture, what are the like, main things that um, entrepreneurs or course creators should pay attention to in, in order to build a solid community? Great question. I, the first thing, because we could get into the tactical stuff, um, but the first thing is really kind of around cause. Like what is what is a thing that you're willing to take a stand for that you're going to build community around? Because if you don't have that cause or that that topic, that thing that you're willing to plant like a flag in the ground and you're willing to die for, then you don't really have something to unify people around. So I would say that would be the very, very first, very, very first kind of pillar is like you have to have kind of that, yeah, that rally cry. What are what are we building community around? It's like a mission? Yeah, it could totally be a mission. It could be a cause. Um, it could even be a very specific topic. But let's say we're building community around dog training. Okay, we could, but 
what, but beyond underneath that, why? Why is that important that we would have a community around dog training? And we'd have to get really clear on that. And it's probably not going to be a tactical thing. It's going to be some, you know, metaphysical or some belief thingy that while well, we think if we have better dogs, it changes the world or if we have better dogs, well-behaved in the homes, then it's a, it's a better, happier home for children. Like it's probably going to be something very cause-based rather than just dog training. You get what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then the next one? Or do you yeah, have... And then, well, once you have your, your cause, uh, I really think you can really start going into the strategies. And it's like, well, how do we build community? Um, and so there's, there's three kind of pillars that I think uh, are fantastic. And so the first thing is, con is consolidation. So a lot of people start building community uh, and their fulfillment, and they're all this like disjointed experience. Like people have a Facebook group, but then once they buy the course or they buy the coaching or they buy the membership, then that is on a different platform. And then if they have coaching calls, that's on a different platform. And then if they're having conversations, it's, at, it's on a different platform. <laughs> and so then the community kind of becomes like this place that could be amazing, theoretically, um, but it's this very disjointed experience. And so I really encourage people, and this is one of the reasons I love Social Glow, is like you can consolidate everything into one simple platform. You can have the community, right inside an application on Android, iPhone, it doesn't matter. So that way people are getting the push notifications, it's right there on their phone. Um, and a lot of people are loving that experience because they're not being distracted by Facebook, they're not being distracted by TikTok or, or, or Instagram, because they know when they see a push notification on their phone, they're like, oh, this is my community, this is the people that I wanna hang out with, these are the people that I want to learn from. And so it's, it's a very focused experience. So. The community's there, the conversations are happening through our chat features, the coaching conversations can happen through, we can drop a Zoom link and they get notified, hey, we have a coaching call today. It's there in the platform and then of course all of the content can be hosted from the course to the community, everything is in one simple platform. So once everything's then consolidated, the next phase is like, well, how do you gamify your client journey? So. This kind of, we have to like zoom out for a second and think like, are we just gamifying somebody getting skill sets, which is fine. You could totally do that. And if you are, then how are you going to gamify it? If you're doing like a longer client journey, um, it's like, well, what, how do you gamify that longer client journey? Do you start creating stages within the group? Like once they get these amounts of points by doing these specific actions, they get, you know, level one or they get level two or they get level three and you start creating like levels throughout your, your group. So you're starting to gamify your client journey. Let me give you an example of that. If I was teaching somebody that really wanted to be basically like their best self as a human, there's kind of like three stages to that. I would say there's their self, there's sovereign, and then there's kind of being um, a service or a servant. And what I mean by that is like self means like you know who you are, you know who you're not, you know why you're here, you, like, you, you know you, right? Then sovereign is like the next step of being your best integrated self. And sovereign means like no matter what happens, you're a sovereign individual. So for example, two years ago, my wife was diagnosed with this cancerous tumor. If, if my whole world was wrapped up in my wife 
and then she was gone, do I have enough like sovereignty to even like be here and, and be there for myself? using my skill sets to create security regardless of what happens with insurance companies or or the government or the economy like trusting myself to figure out a way to create security and then can i also like find a way where i feel this sense of like belonging and connection no matter what's happening if i can then i'm a sovereign individual meaning nothing outside of me is really going to dictate how I'm feeling, how I'm being, what I'm going to choose to do to respond to this moment, right? I'm not sitting out here well, like, well, if this happens, then I could, or if this happens, then I could. I'm not. I'm just like, this is what has happened, and this is what I'm choosing to do next. So there's a place of sovereignty where there's a place of freedom. And then from there, it's like, okay, well, now I'm going to go out and I'm going to be of service. I'm going to contribute to the world, and this is how I choose to be of service. Not because I have something to prove or defend, it's just because it's something that I want to, it's how I want to serve, it's how I feel I'm called to serve. So if that was a client journey and I had content that would take people on that client journey, then I would create levels inside the gamification where people would go on that client journey, right? And those are identity journeys and people love to raise their status and get new identities. So that's the gamification piece. And then from there, we're like, well, incentivization. It's amazing that these people are collecting levels or collecting points, but it's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever been to Chuck E. Cheese before or not, um, but there's this, okay, there's still, there's this place here in America, it's called Chuck E. Cheese. It's like this kid's place where they can go and they can play arcade games and they get tickets. And then once they get all the tickets, there's like this redemption counter with all of these different prizes, you know? You could get this for two tickets, you could get this for 5,000 tickets, whatever. And so it makes it this very fun place where as a kid, you're like, oh, I got to collect the tickets. I got to collect the tickets because you want to go redeem them for prizes, right, as a kid. So imagine going into Chuck E. Cheese's and getting tickets, but then not having a redemption counter to be able to redeem for prizes. Like it would kind of make the whole experience pointless. <laughs> and so I kind of see this as an opportunity inside of okay. building communities that's great. We can gamify them, fantastic, but what are we going to do to allow them to then redeem? So they can be like, this, this is amazing. Of course I want to continue engaging in this community and contributing to this community because not only am I getting points and I feel good and I'm getting dopamine, but I'm also able to redeem these things for things that are relevant to me. And I feel like the business owner who can do those three things for their community, they put everything into one place, they consolidate it, they gamify it, and they incentivize it. How could you not have a very highly engaged community of people who are getting amazing results? And wouldn't it also then like get you more referrals and increase the lifetime value of your client? I, I, I'm pretty sure it would if you leverage these three principles. Right. I, wow. Okay. So before Social Glow, in what way did you apply these principles? Uh, because Social Glow is obviously like a really great software to do this. But people who, I mean, I'm pretty sure you use these principles outside of the software as well, right? You, you could manually do this. Like if, if you really wanted to, you mm -hmm, could mm -hmm. create a community with Facebook. You can host files inside of Facebook. Um, 
So you could have the community and the coaching and the content, the conversations all happening inside of Facebook. If you wanted to, you could create a Google spreadsheet, which we do have inside of, um, of Social Glow for people, where you could manually track these things and then you could use, you could apply all of these principles inside of Facebook. But there's a huge, huge problem by doing so. Two, two big problems. Number one, no matter what you do, your engagement inside your community of Facebook is, is not going to be the greatest because the algorithm is constantly deciding who sees what. And I, I've talked to thousands of people by now where they join communities and they, they legitimately do not get the notifications from the groups that they're a part of. Like they just yeah, get lost yeah. in the sea of notifications. So even though they want to experience the content, the connection that goes inside it, uh, they get lost. The other problem is once they log in, they see an ad or they see another friend post and then they're off down a rabbit hole for 30 exactly. minutes. That's another problem. And then the biggest problem with it is you never know if Facebook is just going to delete your group. I have talked to hundreds of people who have had amazing groups and they woke up one day and their group is just gone. Wow. And there's no getting it back. There's no getting it back. Sometimes you can get it back and sometimes you cannot get it back. So if that's a risk a business owner is willing to take where you never own your data, you never own your community, you never own your content, and you're willing to risk it being completely taken from you at any moment, by all means, feel free to go build it out on Facebook and do all the stuff manually. If not, I would really encourage people to check out Social Glow or find some other platform that you can leverage these principles. Yeah, yeah. I 100% agree with that. And it's really cool. It's like giving people back the sense of school. Don't you think? Yes. Like you're yes. in a classroom again and you're kind of like comparing grades and you discuss. And yeah, I think it's a really great idea with what you guys are doing at Social Glow. And on the yeah, content yeah. side of things, I would like to ask you, how does it feel like to create content for a brand new brand? I mean, I'm doing that right now and I just want to hear your, I guess, experience with it because for me, this is my first time growing the aspiring CMO and this is the first time I have my face on it. <laughs> so it's very interesting. So um, part of me feels like it's exciting and another part of me, just being super transparent, it feels very frustrating. And, mm -hmm. and so what I mean by that is content, content's amazing. Like it's by far, if somebody's willing to play a content marketing game, it, it will always, it will always work with one slight caveat over time, <laughs> like over time. Like, and so it's really like, is a person who's willing to build a brand from scratch, are they willing to invest the time, the energy and the resources for six months to a year? to start gaining all of the benefits from their content marketing. Because of course there's amazing benefits. Yes, you're going to get traffic. Yes, you're going to elevate your authority and your trust and build rapport. And yes, you are going to build an audience, but it's, it's kind of like gardening. Um, so I live here in Texas. My wife and I, we live on an acre and a half. We have a garden with okra and watermelons and vegetables. And usually it's alive. Right now it's dead. We went to Romania for six weeks and so we weren't here to, to water it. So our garden is completely dead. <laughs> but normally it's alive when we're here. And so if we were planting a garden, and typically we start planting the garden after Easter, so in April, we're going to have vegetables starting in June. So it's basically mm -hmm. 60 days later. If we were super hungry and we had zero food and we were like, okay, we, we have to eat, let's plant a garden, 
pretty terrible idea, right? Because we're not going to have food for at least 60 days. So content marketing is kind of similar in my opinion. It's like, is it a great strategy? Yes, it's exciting. It's wonderful. There's so many benefits, but it's kind of like gardening. It's just going to take time. And so as long as somebody's willing to put in the time and know that it will bear you fruit and it will constantly bear you fruit as long as you nurture the garden, you keep watering it, you keep creating content, you keep paying attention to what's working, not working, and making adjustments, you're good. But if you're looking for like this quick fix, like you got to go out and you got to eat like today, then you may want to try a different strategy. I, I, I really love this metaphor. I think the whole content marketing game is now just simplified. Everybody who is, whoever listens to this and listens to this, this is content marketing, guys. Gardening. Yeah. Thank you for your explanation. And my last question usually for my guests is that reflecting on your experience uh, as a marketer and entrepreneur, what advice would you give to someone who are in their early 20s? Oh, great question. Wow, they're early 20s. Okay, this is going to potentially sound cliche, but I'm going to go there. Um, number one, I would tell you to like go all in on you, like fully believe in yourself and whatever it is that you, you want to create. Like, and, and do, and the second thing I would tell you is to do, like to go all in also on, on your inner work. And what I mean by that is in your early 20s, and I remember in my early 20s, I'm 38 now, and I remember like, okay, if I'm going to build a business, then it's definitely all about the tactics and the strategies and, and all of that. And, and if I get really raw with myself, I'll get really raw with you, the reason that I wanted to build a business to begin with, at least for me, where I came from, was because I wanted to feel seen. I wanted to feel recognized. I wanted to feel alive. I wanted to feel important. That's the truth for me. And so when I did create success, I still didn't feel those things. And I see this after coaching entrepreneurs a lot. Like it's just this way. There's, there's something from childhood that typically has happened or they experienced their upbringing, their culture, et cetera. And so typically they're creating a business to begin with in their early 20s because they typically, 70% of the population anyway, because they want to prove something or they want to, or they think they have something to defend. Like if you get through all of the other layers inside of them, they're proving or defending. And so my greatest encouragement to a 20 year old who's building a business is to really accept the fact that you have nothing to prove. You have nothing to defend. You're perfect, whole and complete right now. Like if you will build a business from that place where it's like, you're not doing it because you have something to prove. You're not doing it because you have something to defend. You're doing it just because you genuinely want to like that. That's the only justification. If you needed a justification to do anything in life anyways, just because you want to. It's just all of the bullshit conditioning that people are carrying where they falsely believe that they have to prove or defend. And the problem with building something from a place of needing to prove or needing to defend is it you're, you're going to be constantly battling that no matter what you build unless you're able to come home into your own heart, your own soul, and like make peace with that. Um, that's why I would tell, I know it's a long explanation, but that's what I would tell somebody in their 20s who's, who's building a business. Wow, thank you so much. Uh, I learned so much from this, especially like this prove and defend. Uh, I, I've been going through this journey and so does my brother who is also 38. And uh, yeah, we are like on that spectrum, but in one in the other end. And it's so, oh. wow, it was so 
That was so great. Thank you so much for sharing. And lastly, if they, people would like to reach out to you, how can they find you? Yeah, the best place is just go to socialglow.com. Um, we have lots of cool trainings and, and things going on. So I just tell people just go to socialglow.com. I'd even tell people we have a 30-day trial. So like if you just want to check out the software, you want to be able to see like what does it look like for communities, whatever, you can just go to socialglow.com. You can get you a, three, uh, a free 30-day trial. You can even book in a time to talk with me. I'm happy to show you how the software works, how it could work for your business. Um, when I do those calls, I'm not forcing people to buy Social Glow at all. Like I'm really just getting to know you. I'm knowing your business and seeing, hey, could it be a fit? And if so, then I invite you to use Social Glow. Again, you can still take the trial. Um, so that's what I would tell people to connect with me is just go to socialglow.com. That's amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining the show. And I hope you have an amazing morning with your awesome. Goblin Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, we did it.